Good morning and welcome. I am Gary Bonebrake, Interim Pastor here at Fishkill Baptist. We are glad for media tools that enable us to share God's Word on Sunday morning with you. Today is May 17th, and this is the 10th Sunday that we have had to stay in our homes. I certainly find it different and difficult to preach in this way. We, have, we all have social distancing fatigue. Please pray for the elders. We are reading and keeping up with developments and looking at ways we can safely reopen. Certainly things will be different. We want to reopen carefully and safely when the time comes. This morning we are continuing our study of Mark's Gospel. Mark is the shortest gospel and the first one to be written. Many scholars believe that Matthew and Luke used Mark as one of their sources as they wrote their account of Jesus. This morning we are in Mark 1 and we'll be reading uh, the passage in just a moment. Last week we saw the beginning of Jesus' mission, proclaiming the arrival of the kingdom of God to the people of Israel. Now we will continue the story and we'll read again from Mark 1. I'm going to ask that you just follow as I read from the text. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him, and he was cured. He was healed. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. Let's bow together in prayer and ask his blessing on this time. Lord, um, we need your word. We need your spirit. We need your presence. We need your instruction Lord, we thank you, Father, for sending the Lord Jesus, your Son, for us. Oh, Lord, help us to understand the Word of God. Help us to understand Mark's report. 
and help us to help us to understand it not only in our minds but in our hearts and be drawn closer to you together today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. The Lord Jesus knew what he was about. He was on mission. The Father had sent him to his covenant people, the people of Israel. Jesus was bringing the kingdom of God. The time is fulfilled. Repent and believe the good news was his message. Jesus was on mission, sent by the Father to bring salvation to Israel and to the whole world. In the same way, we are on mission, sent by Christ to continue his work in the world. As his followers, we continue the mission and ministry of Christ. We learn about our ministry from the Lord's ministry. Jesus had been in Capernaum, and there he had been mobbed by people seeking healing. The whole town gathered around the door where Jesus was, we read. He had healed the sick, freed people of demons, and sent people away whole and changed. Mark tells us that the next morning, Jesus is in prayer. Here, at the beginning of the gospel, Mark shows us the pattern for the Lord, his, his habit, beginning the day in prayer. Prayer was a priority for Jesus. He was up early, before dawn, verse 35. It was still dark, and Jesus was alone, praying. There had been such a press of human needs, so many people, this was the only time he could find. Prayer was a priority, and prayer was private. Jesus practices what he will later teach. He does not pray to put on a show. He, he seeks a remote place, a, a solitary place. The word that Mark uses here is the same word translated desert or wilderness in the context, but there is no desert near Capernaum, so it must simply be translated a, a solitary place, a, a remote place. Jesus was alone with the Father. Prayer is communion with the Father. Uh, Mark has told us that, that Jesus is the Son of God, verses 1 and 11. The Son has enjoyed communion with the Father from all eternity. The Father has sent the Son. The Son had come to do the will of the Father. Now, in the morning, Jesus is communing with the Father about his mission, his work, his ministry. Notice that after prayer, when he is found by Peter and the others, he gets up and he leaves Capernaum. He will move on to other villages in Galilee, verse 38. The danger was that, that, that people would think of him as a healer. People were rushing to him to be healed. His mission was much greater than healing people of their ailments. People need healed hearts, changed lives. People need to be reconciled to God. People need forgiveness and life. Jesus must bring the message to others, to all the people of Israel, and teach them who the Messiah really is. 
and what the Messiah had really come to do. Uh, He was not the warrior and the political leader they expected. You see, God knows our needs better than we do. Uh, People wanted healing of their ailments. Now, while that is important, our real needs are deeper. And and Jesus uh, has been sent by God for a greater mission. We certainly learn from Jesus here the importance of prayer for life and for ministry. Now, please understand, this is not saying a prayer. You know, many think of prayer as somehow reciting words that others have written down, like praying the rosary. We should not think of prayer in this way. Prayer is communion with God, based in a personal relationship. It is is talking with God in reverence, in awe, and in trust. God is our Heavenly Father. Prayer is pouring out our hearts to God in complete, transparent honesty. Prayer is no place for pretense or pretending. Prayer is praising him, thanking him, confessing our sin. It is asking for help. It is pleading for guidance, interceding for others. People who believe pray. Prayer is an expression of faith. It is impossible for believers not to pray. Prayer is like breathing. We cannot live without it. The Lord Jesus began his day in prayer, and so must we. As we follow Jesus in this passage, we see, number one, relying on God in prayer, but also, number two, responding to people's needs. Note his words in verse 38. Let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. Jesus came for people. He came for us. Jesus knows his mission. He must go to villages throughout Galilee, preaching the kingdom and teaching the people and calling them to repentance and faith. Suddenly, a leper approached Jesus, that is, a person afflicted with a terrible disease. Now, we need a little background here. We should understand that a leper in ancient Israel suffered a great deal. A victim of this spreading skin disease had to to wear torn clothing, leave his hair unkempt, veil his face, and warn everyone to keep away by crying out, unclean, unclean. You can see these instructions in Leviticus. This was a much stricter form of social distancing. So a leper suffered physical pain, but also social isolation and shame. You remember the movie Ben-Hur with Charlton Heston? Even though it came out in 1959, you probably have seen the film. Barb and I actually watched it again this last week. Ben Hur's mother and sister, Miriam and Tirza, were consigned to a prison by the Roman tribune, Messala. After four years of rotting deep in a Roman dungeon, they were finally released. 
but they were covered with leprosy and eventually ended up consigned outside the city in a leper's colony, living in a cave. In all their suffering, their only comfort was that Judah, the character played by Charlton Heston, could not see them as they were. They wanted him to remember them as they had been before all of this terrible suffering had come upon them. But that film portrays well the suffering of the disease, the shame, the exclusion from society. They were, they were banished, all excluded by everyone. Leprosy was a form of living death. As a matter of fact, the rabbis taught that only God could raise the dead and only God could heal a leper. So this man in our text was suffering terribly, cut off from society, isolated, and alone. This man expresses his desperation on his knees, and he expresses his faith in Jesus. If you are willing, you can make me clean. This is a remarkable thing. This man expects Jesus to be able to heal him. He has heard about Jesus and his remarkable power. Now, no one was permitted to touch a leper. No one was even permitted to go near them. To do so would be to share in their defilement. But Jesus reached out and touched him. Moved with compassion, filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and healed him. Healing was immediate, miraculous, a wonder of God's power. This is truly a demonstration of the power of Christ, the power of his kingdom. We should note the significance of this to the Jews. We should not miss the Christological implications of this event, this healing. Jews believed that only God could heal a leper. Jesus healed a leper with a touch. Far from being contaminated by a leper, a leper was cleansed by Jesus, the Son of God. Jesus told him not to tell anyone because his first concern was not healing bodies, but healing hearts. His mission was to preach the kingdom and bring Israel to repentance and faith and reconciliation to God. When this healed leper disobeyed and spread the news of Jesus everywhere, Jesus could no longer travel freely. He had to stay in remote places, verse 45. Yet people continued to mob him. He could not be hidden. So Jesus continued on his mission, completely devoted to the Father's will. In a short time, his mission would lead him away from Galilee to Jerusalem and from there ultimately to Golgotha where the Lord Jesus would suffer and die to meet our greatest need, our deepest need, forgiveness of sin and reconciliation with God. In this passage, we learn from Jesus how we are to continue his kingdom work. This means that First, we too must be people of prayer. If the Lord Jesus sought the Father before his daily work began, how much more should we? 
We must be people of prayer, praying for our ministry, our contact with people, our national leaders, praying for nations, for missionaries, for one another. We must pray. During this present COVID crisis and mandated shutdown, I have prayed often for government leaders. You know, President Abraham Lincoln said, I have been driven many times to my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere else to go. My own wisdom and that of all about me seemed insufficient for the day. It is my prayer that our government leaders today see this very thing and turn to God and realize their need for God. John Bunyan said, he who runs from God in the morning will scarcely find him the rest of the day. Oswald Chambers said, if in the first waking moment of the day you learn to fling the door back and let God in, every public thing will be stamped with the presence of God. And of course, that's exactly what we desire. It is good to be like the Lord Jesus, to begin the day in prayer, seeking God. Of course, we recognize that morning time with God must also include listening to him, teach us in his word, the Bible. Puritan preacher William Gurnall used to say, when people do not mind what God speaks to them in his word, God does little mind what they say to him in prayer. So, if we continue the mission of Jesus in this world, we must be people of prayer and people of the word day by day. Like Jesus, we too must be responsive to people's needs. Jesus was moved with compassion, we read in verse 41. The word here is very graphic, describing a gut-wrenching response to this man's need. Jesus deeply cared. And he was moved when he saw this man and his suffering. The fruit of the Spirit is love. The fruit of the Spirit in us is the same kind of caring, of, of compassion for others. One of the things we recognize is that God knows people's needs better than they do. As much as we value health and human comfort, People's greatest need, our greatest need, is God himself. We need the kingdom of God. We need forgiveness. We need reconciliation with God and life in Christ. Only God can heal a leper. As Jesus met this man's need, so he can meet your need, no matter what it is. Do you remember how the movie Ben-Hur ended? Esther and Judah, Judah is Charlton Heston, had found Miriam, Judah's mother, his sister, Tirza, and they got them out of the leper's cave. Come, come see Jesus, Esther said. He can make you well. I just have to get you to Jesus. Esther believed in Jesus. She tried to get them to Jesus in time, but it was too late. The Romans were marching Jesus off to Golgotha. It was Friday, 
It was the day before the Sabbath. And soon, Jesus was suffering and dying on the cross. Esther was huddled with the two lepers in a cave. As Jesus hung on the cross, a great storm came up. It was dark and then very dark and lightning flashed back and forth. The ground shook, trees fell over, lightning flashed again and again. And as the lepers were cringing in that cave, afraid of the storm, they were healed. A lightning flash revealed that their distress, their disease was gone. They were well, the leprosy was gone. Only God can heal a leper. The movie ended with blood flowing down from the cross into the water below it. The water flowing from the cross in an ever larger stream, getting larger and larger. This is the river of life that flows from that cross. A river of life that comes to all, to all who believe. Jesus came to die on that cross to pay the penalty for sin, to meet our greatest need. And after death, he was raised victorious. We can be forgiven, reconciled to God. We can become children of God through trust in Jesus. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Paul wrote, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Today, now, is the time to call upon Jesus, to invite him into your life. He will receive you. He will make you God's own child. As Jesus healed the leper with a touch, he can heal you of sin and shame with his touch. Turn to him and trust in him today. We want to conclude this meditation bowing together in prayer. Lord, how grateful we are for the Savior and for his power, for his power in our lives. We've experienced the power of the cross, the, the power of the gospel, the promise of the gospel. Jesus death and resurrection in our place for us has great power. Lord, we thank you and we praise you and we worship you. And Lord, I pray that everyone who hears this message today may realize that Christ's call, Christ's invitation is for him, is for her, is for each of us, O oh Lord. We thank you. We thank you, Lord Jesus for your love, for your compassion that touches and reaches even us. We thank you, O oh Lord. And now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. God bless you. Have a great Lord's Day.